here. I don't know. I don't know what quite happened, but I am here. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I'm doing great. I'm doing great today. What about yourself? Yeah, man, country. Yes. <laughs> Very. So. Very country. I am a southern girl. Oh yeah. Woo. That accent. Okay. Um, hey guys, this is the Independent POV Podcast. I'm your host, uh, B Spell, and we got Paris all the way from Arkansas. I am from Arkansas, but I live in Dallas. Okay. So, how's the weather? And it's beautiful. It's sunny. It's sunny. Okay. Yeah, sunny. It's nice outside. It feels really good. Okay, 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 okay. Um, like, tell me a little about yourself. Um, well, of course, I have a big online personality. And um, I try to keep my personal life real private. <laughs> I'm in preventative health care. But, yeah, like, I'm just out here doing what normal, regular, dating 20-something-year-old people do. <laughs> Winning something, okay. Yes, yes. I'm not ashamed <laughs> to tell my age. I'm 27. I'm freshly 27. Okay. So, yeah, you're very controversial. Well, you're not too controversial, but you be having the moments and they be big. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm a conversation starter for sure. Yeah. Like, especially your latest tweet on to me when you're talking about black women and having a type. Really? That was the one that got you? Yeah, I was like, whoa, black woman got a accountability? What? That's unheard of. It was shocking to you? <laughs> Like, that was so, I was like, that was so crazy because I follow, well, I'm part of the Manosphere, if you heard of that before. No, I'm not familiar. Um, You know, the Magtow, Red Pill, all that. Nope, never heard of it before. Really? Nope. Um, wow, like. You don't know who Kevin Samuels is? I know you know that. I do know who Kevin Samuels is. Yeah, but like, just the whole, yeah, well, there's like this group of, on social media, they call, at first they were like red pills, and it, it was like Magtown, men going on their own way, now it's kind of, now it turned into the, the Manosphere, so I was like, oh, Okay, but um, you know what? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, I um stopped trying to uh get overly consumed in um groups and things like that, and not to say okay. that you know those are groups, but I'm gonna tell you what did it for me, and that was um Clubhouse because. Okay. When you uh, think about those groups, 
they kind of are patterned similarly to like Clubhouse because you got people of like-mindedness together. And when it's everybody hollering the same noise, you can't think for yourself. That is so true. That's why I stopped like looking at certain types of people to follow and things like that because I was, you know, the thing about social media is you control what you see. You control everything that's down your timeline, whether it's money and music or beauty influence or quotes. Like you can go through there and say, this is everything that I want to see. And the the suggestions page, that's what's going to pop up for you tailored to your interest. It doesn't matter what site you're on. So on Clubhouse, I used to start to feel like I was just like, claustrophobic and congested even though I'm not actually in there but I'm like man you got some of the same topics over and over and over again and people are not dedicated to hearing anything differently they only want what's going to sound good to them so that's why when you said it I'm like no I'm not familiar that's why I'm not familiar because I stopped looking to be a part of something okay um yeah but um like that really because i also follow uh her name is uh her name i believe you follow her as well uh for like pharrell or fallon yeah fallon that crazy i do I love Fallon. I love Fallon too. Shout out to Fallon, yo. Yes. In <laughs> STL. Because Fallon is taking over Houston by storm and I'm taking over Dallas by storm. Okay, so both <laughs> y'all in Texas. Okay. We are. <laughs> we are. Hey, tell Fallon I'm trying to get her on the podcast, yo. Definitely send a message. Huh? I would definitely send the message. Yeah. But Fallon also, too, has her own podcast. Really? Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, she does. She has a very good podcast. I enjoy her commentary. Yeah, I, I agree. I like her little voice tweets. Don't jazz be hilarious. Yeah. Yes, very much so. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about that tweet you had, though. Which one? <laughs> Which one? You know which one. Shoot. Oh, which one? The one when you talking about women having a type. It's like, it's not you. Let me see. Oh, but it ain't, ain't black men fault. It's because women's type. I'm like, what? Cause that one right there, that resonated and it made sense. Like, cause like, yeah, black men isn't the problem. Your type is the problem. Don't blame black men for your lack, your lackluster and being lucky in love. Like, please explain that. Um. And you spelled blame wrong, which I posted. I did. I did. <laughs> but um, uh, it was so many people that were like, D, 
uh, that was mentioning me trying to correct. And I'm like, I was telling Fallon, I was like, what pissed me off about that is I actually tried to go and correct it. And then the autocorrect went update. So I was like, fuck it. By the time I posted, it went on. And I was like, anyways, but I do that all the time on Twitter. I I can spell. I just don't care (laughs) to go back and edit. And I'm like, as long as we got no edit button, I'm not going out my way to delete a tweet. And, like after after it takes off, it defeats the purpose because your point ain't got to cross no more. So whatever the case may be. So yeah, that actual tweet stemmed from a person that um is a celebrity, which I won't say their name, started to circulate on the timeline. Um, basically that person had made a long post and that post became one of the many topics of the conversation that day and the post was basically saying hey i hate to feel like us as black women we can't be loved how we are we always it's always our black men putting us down they don't want to deal with us in the manner that they should um they're always going to what looks different you know just to do better or do right by them but when it comes to us it's you know loved at a stipulation loved at a a certain type of leverage like you you, it's boundaries when they love us because of the fact that that that's where it came from so um and i i'm I'm being very you know clean cut about it but that's just kind of to sum it up and because of the fact that i be you know in I'm, everybody, you know, majority of the time, I've I've been in different cultural environments with with my with myself, and you know, still center myself around just the black environment. Right. I think we we give too much focus on things that do not matter, and putting too much emphasis on things that should not be the topic of the conversation. Because the truth of the matter is, everybody looking for some type of person and instead of us sitting here trying to say why can't this person who makes me feel good love me how I want to love we instead of saying that we need to be able to say okay I keep looking for the same thing out of the wrong type of person and that's what I meant like you now which I know you've seen that the timeline gets to be black men this black men that black is it really black men because I've noticed like I've dated several types of black men I've dated a geek I've dated the the corny boy who you know doesn't wear the labels and things like that I've dated the scammer I've dated the the baller I've dated the drug dealer I've dated I've dated several types of black men to be able to say they all are not the same. They all are not what you're perceiving them to be as. And the only way that I was able to do that was by one thing only. Stop looking for my type. Because it wasn't until that I was looking at my type that I was just like, this is not going to get you what you're looking for. Like, every time you go seek out this these certain characteristics in a man, even if his appearance is different, you you end up feeling the same way why do you keep making yourself do that, you know, for this one feeling, you know, and I, in my experience, even with hearing people talk about their situations and relationships and how things started out, you were trying to fill a void and it just happened. 
some people just happen on accident because something was going wrong, something was empty, something was missing, and that person came along, and that one particular thing you felt like you were missing, they filled that void, but they left everything else empty. And when you ran out, they weren't there to fill it because that's what that was not their purpose. Right. Okay. But like, because when you said that, like, I saw, like, I follow many podcasts somewhat, but then I saw this where I was walk, looking at World Star Hip Hop, and then this girl was, uh, got stopped by this guy, and I guess. The on the passenger side, I guess that was like her new boyfriend was filming it because I guess she he saw her with somebody else, and then the guy from the passenger uh, side because the girl was driving, and he was filming the whole inspect uh, the whole experience, and the guy uh, had dreads and he was dark skinned and then the guy that's filming it he flipped it to the front side of the camera and the guy looked just like the dude that was on front of the car. And when you said like women um, have a type, I was like, y'all do, I go, do y'all really go by type of guys? Like, cause like, there's a lot of. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. And I'm going to tell you how, um, and just to be fair, I have three female friends from home. I have three female friends from college. Mm-hmm. Out of those six women, I would only give diversity in dating in the type of man that they look for that they attract to one of them women. Mm-hmm. And that is solely only because she is the only woman out of those six women who happens to be bisexual okay every single other one of my friends and my personal these are my personal girlfriends like these are my friends all of their men that they have been involved with have some type of similarity yeah and this is from the outside (laughs) looking in you know and i can say that for myself i can say that for the women that reach out to me that talk to me personally that just want to vent. I, I have spoken to several women that I just need an ear. I, I, I can't talk to my circle about this for whatever reason. What do you think? What is your opinion? I get that often because of the fact that I'm not a judgmental woman and they know I'm going to tell it like it is. And sometimes women get to a point where they're just like, I need to hear exactly what I need to hear. I don't want anybody, you know, to tell me what I think I should do or I need to hear this and that's who I am I'm that girl that I'm gonna tell you what you need to hear so with that being said what we what I have found and actually what made me started thinking this way was a good professor of mine when I was in my freshman year of college and he was like a lot of us are having the same relationship with a different person right so, yes, women have a type. Women have a type, and, and it's very, very, very rare that you would run into a woman that just dates any type of man, which is why when you hear a woman discuss one man that was different, that experience will always be, like, 
so significant in detail. Like she can always explain it because it made it was he was a different man from what she was used to. Whether he was the good man or whether he was the bad man, he was still a different man than what he was used to, to the point where his presence in her life was just that significant. Even if the relationship was not ideal, she remembers him. Okay. Because, like, as a guy, I don't think guys have types. I think because, like, I got, like, I've noticed guys date when it comes to their preferences. It's like I date a dark skinned girl, but then the next girl is going to be maybe prop, maybe dark, but she probably be skinny or a little thick or her hair be cut short or it be blonde or then the next girl be brown skinned and maybe you know there's like different change ups in a man's I'm here I'm sorry I'm not sure what happened oh like make sure like your phone is like I guess lit up cause sometimes I think it's it's on sleep mode I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I never did a podcast in my anchor. Yeah, period. So this is very new for me. So thank you for having me. But yeah, this is new for me. I do apologize. Yeah, like, did you hear that part? Like, keep your phone on, like, awake? Yes, like, a lot. Yeah. Hello? Hello? I'm here. Okay. Yeah, like, I was saying, like, uh, guys, like, there's a lot of, I guess, like, we still, we love our black women, but when it comes to types, it's like, we'll date a girl, like, you know, uh, either she got a different hairstyle, or she's thicker or skinnier than the last girl, or her fashion is different, or there's some, you know, differences of the girl, that's why I'm noticing, like, we don't date the same type of girl. It'd be, like, it'd be changes, you know, unless there's some kind of attitude. But it'd be, like, there is, there'll be some change-up. Do you agree with that? No. <laughs> you don't agree with that? You don't think, no. you don't think so? No. I, I mean, I'm maybe I haven't been out completely, but I've seen some guys who, like, like his next girl think- be- what what you're looking at is like the physicality of it, and yeah, that's not what I mean. Right? Oh, okay. But that's like, not what I for mean. The type of, I mean, well, guys, they be like pretty much like I think was you dating his brother now is like because that's like the same dude that you already dated. Like, I men do the same thing. They do say okay, okay. Yes, and I can say from personal experience, it was very, very um, scary for me um, because I realized, like, in my, I'll just, you know, brief, brief detail. So, in college, I had a situation with a guy, and it was pretty long drawn. It was about three years. Well, of course, throughout that time, it was a lot of drama. I was 19 when it started out, so it wasn't like, you know, something j- just a huge deal, you know, at that age. It's like, okay, I understand. So this is like the first serious adult, you know, relationship situation. Well, of course, as time went on, other women were introduced into the situation as well. And okay. um, two of the women that were just as much as significant in that time frame 
Um, I, I, well, one of them, I won't give her that much importance because she, she wasn't, but um, I can say I had the pleasure in so many words of speaking with um, her. And I also had a conversation with him. And long story short, all, all three of us, if we just really had a sat down and had a conversation with each other, instead of trying to, you know, be combative and argue with him, we would have realized that we were much more alike than we were different. Um, okay. Her and I, when we actually talked and had a conversation, like the way that we are as women, the type of things that we think about, how we see life and things like that, we, we were a lot alike. He himself told me that me and the other girl were a lot alike. And I it's like, like I said, we all keep having the same relationship with a different person, which is why when I see people talk about um, their ex or they mention their ex, my thing is, it's like, if this is really somebody that you're over and it's somebody that you say you're done with, they shouldn't keep coming up. That person has moved on with their life. You moved on with yours. And it shows when you speak about your ex, it's bitter, it's resentment. Nobody's asking you to bring up these people and say, if your ex was on fire, how, what would you use to put them out? Like who creating stuff like that shows it's still unresolved issues that hadn't been dealt with. So the next person that you go into a relationship with, if they don't give you some type of sense of familiarity to finish feeling that, that relationship and being done with it, closing that chapter, it's not going to work. It's going to be more turmoil. Right. Okay. But men do it too. Um, you find a lot of men, what they, what they do differently more than women, which of course a lot of women won't, they can't admit it because they don't have um, a strong father figure or their father, but a lot of men have their mothers. So, a lot of men go and pattern out the toxic traits of their mother and go find them in women. Okay. Hmm. That's very interesting. So, like, what was, like, the relationship that you had was, like, totally different from you? Like, that, you're like, okay, I'm with him, and this is d definitely different. Everything everything um that's why he will always be a significant portion of my life like you know was was he nerdy was was it the no, nerdy one, I, the drug no, dealer? no actually he was just you know one of the the cool kids like like i said we was in college so um he was very popular he had he has always had a um popularity says like people have always known him and um we met via a friend actually one of my best friends that I know personally one of one of those six women me and her were good good friends and she's been my friend since freshman year she was the one who introduced us and um we just hit it off we literally just it was instantaneous literally and wow. um I didn't know because I just kind of I always had a small circle. Like I said, I'm very private, but um, I didn't know he had previously had um, 
uh, unresolved situation with his ex. So when I came into the picture, he was trying to wrap that up. And what I mean by that is he didn't think he was coming back to school that sophomore year. So they had broken up because they just decided long distance it wasn't going to work. She knew what she wanted to be. He knew what he was going to be. Well, long story short, at the last minute, the very last day of, of late registration, he ended up being able to come to school um, due to some other things in his scholarship, and it got approved. So he registered and enrolled in school. Him and I, like I said, hit it off instantaneously, but she had it in her mind, well, me and him are still going to be together, and he was like, no, we're not. That was my out. Like, that the more time that I had to think about the fact that we're not going to be together made me realize I don't want to be with you. And so I didn't come into the relationship, you know, with somebody else's man or nothing like that. It was a fresh start. And it was so different for me because like I said, I was 19. This was my first real, you know, dating relationship situation. Mm -hmm. I'm from a small town. I'm country. So with my dad growing up, that was a no-go. Like, you're not going to have a boyfriend. You're not going to be out on times of night. He didn't play that. I, I couldn't date. I didn't, I wasn't allowed that privilege to experience and have an open love life without sneaking around and talking to boys and doing it. So, yeah. this particular situation, like I said, I'm 19, I'm in college, I got my car, I'm grown, I go to work, I'm you know, on campus, I'm involved, I, you know, I'm having fun. This is me actually getting into adulthood. Me and him were going on dates, and there wasn't just private dates, it was like friendship dates, and we built a bond. But throughout that time, I didn't realize like, he was so much more immature than I was. Right. But by the time that I should have separated myself from the situation logically speaking I was already too emotionally attached and because of the fact that I had never had that out open experience with knowing how to manage my emotions knowing how to actually date and what it feels like to go through that process of detachment I suffered in the long run you know like oh. it became extremely unhealthy over time and like I said me and him have a good relationship now we we're on the same page now but that's not like I, I have I'm okay I have closure from that I have moved on to the point where I don't need to speak about him in a negative manner or I don't need to remind the next man that's coming into the relationship this is what I've been through and I don't want to go through it again because it's up to me to protect myself it's not their job to see my best interest in you know at heart it's mine and that's what a lot of people fail to forget. So he was so significant to me because he was my first time having a real thorough adult relationship. And I went through the full process of what it feels like to have something healthy, unhealthy, toxic, like the whole nine yards. I did it with him. I did it one time. I haven't done it again. Okay. So you've just been single no, but what I mean by oh. that is, it's like, I, I learned my lesson the first time. I didn't need to keep going to buy it to get the point. Okay. 
I didn't need to keep seeing a red flag in a different shape. Okay. You get where I'm coming from? Yeah. So that's why I yeah, said, totally you know, I learned my lesson the first time. Now, I I know people who don't feel that way. You know, I know people who can't say that. And um, their response, you know, when I told them, like, when I tell people I'm not dealing with this, I'm not going through this. When I tell women that sometimes it just amazes me at their reaction because they be looking at me like, you don't know what you will go through. And I'll be like, yes, I do. I've been there. I've been there. So it's like once you get to a point where you say what you want and you mean what you want and you really put yourself first, that's why I say I feel like me and y'all know you're worth more than women. Because a lot of women, they don't see that. Like They feel like, well, you know, give or take, for this man I might, for this man I would. And for me, that's non-negotiable. Right. So, like, there's, like, because, like, I mean, as a black man, there's a lot of beating up on us. Like, I can't nothing. I mean, I understand some men, but you can't say that for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody's not, you know, you can't just put, you can't just blame everybody else for that one man that put you through stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'd be right. like, you know? <laughs> like, right. I'd rather you just point out like, this man, like, you don't have to put his name, but like, this man did X, Y, and Z. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and that's why I say, you know, it's not black men's fault. It's right. your fault. And right. this is where the lack of accountability comes in because you will have a woman who whose most significant relationship to her was some form of a high school, early childhood love. And she learned to adopt her behavior forms on how to love in that particular relationship and never changed how she saw or how she should adapt to relationships. And it took for me to get out of that situation to get into another and I knew I didn't know how to talk to a man because he was telling me so I went to dealing with you know one man who was my age you know and like I said we were in college together we had a lot of experiences together we had a lot of mutual friends together to dealing with a man who is about seven years older than me and he um had affiliations with the college and things like that and he just took it slow and it wasn't because he you know was trying to manipulate or coerce because I know a lot of people say you know he's what you call it um grooming he I know a lot of people say that they oh he's grooming her like no by this time I I had enough cognitive to understand what was going on what I was doing and you know it was no grooming and that we probably would have been I would have been entering high school right when he would have been graduating maybe a year or two before so it wasn't that type of situation and I remember the first time that we had a disagreement and I started to try to yell and I was like you know getting real edgy and he was like whoa 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 calm down and I was just kind of like taken aback like what he was like 
listen, I understand you're upset, but it's the way you talk to me. I'm a man. Right. I hear you. And when he did that, it was like the way that a sense of calmness came over me, it was like, okay. So not only was he showing restraint and he was showing patience with me, he was also showing me like it's a lot of things that you need to work on because you have found yourself in a position to where you're unbroken in many places that this is not going to work with everybody else. Like you're reacting to him how you know how to react to another person. And he's not that person. And it's still not okay, regardless of what person it is for you to react that way. And so that's why, you know, now when you see black men and this, these men, this, and it's like, no, ma'am. What were you doing in right. order to stop that those things from happening? Because one of the things that I always say, and you know, it it kind of you know it sparks a little controversy. But one of the things that I always say is, all men are not narcissists, and all women are not gullible. Right. That's true. Um, Everybody's not a narcissist. Yeah, I know. Um, so, like, what's your point of view um, during this pandemic when it regards of women just being single? You know what? Um, I, I look at that as, like, a good and bad thing because it's a lot of people who don't know how to be single. But I also looked at that, it was like, it wasn't just about women being single. It was more so about people finding the opportunities to use their singleness to be more promiscuous than anything. Okay. So I'm not going to, you know, delve in too much into that because I, I, I feel like everybody should do what they want to do. But more than anything, it's like, the biggest misconception with single is it's boring. And my thing is, if you can't find peace in your own company, right? then you you worried about the wrong thing. And just so happened yesterday on the timeline, I was talking and a guy asked me the question, how do you be single? And I was like, I'm really going to answer this, this because I feel like a lot of people don't know the answer. And I told him, you know, being single is not about centralizing yourself around the opposite sex or whatever sex that you're interested in. Being single is about figuring out who you are, what you like, what you don't like, and consuming your time with things that make you happy. Anytime you go to bed and you're like, this single shit is cool until night hit, then you're not really in a single person's mindset. You're not. Because real single people, I've been a real single person. Real single people, they are so comfortable being alone, it's almost terrifying to want to date. It's almost, you know, one of those things where it's traumatic. Like, it holds you back because it's like, do I want to deal with this? I don't have to deal with this. And it's it's right. that type of idea. Like I, I I don't have to put up with this. Like, oh my gosh, I can go home. I can be at peace. 
I don't have to argue with anybody. I don't have to explain myself to anybody. I don't have to tell anybody where I am, what I'm doing. I'm not going to be on the internet, checking their socials, seeing if they're disrespecting me. It's that type of energy when you really are single. It's not, man, I wish I could lay up right now. That's not you being single. Right. Okay. I definitely can say that. Well, yeah, I can say maybe 90% of myself, like, I just don't want to put up with people, you know? And, um, and it's been, like, I've been single for, like, seven years. So, the whole, like, I'm not so thrilled about, you know, jumping in, jumping into the whole dating pool. It's like, yeah, it's a uh, nightmare. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a nightmare. It yeah. when you really like walk in your singleness, when you really own your singleness, the yeah. last thing you you think about doing is compromising. Yeah. And it's it's kind of good good thing and a bad thing, but you know, you get set in your ways to the point where it's almost like, Yeah, I know what I'm looking for, yeah, I know what I want, but the thing about it is when you single, if you don't get it immediately, you resort and you retreat. Like mm-hmm. you, you get reclusive again. I'm just gonna be by myself, and it can almost be unhealthy. It yeah. can be unhealthy if you don't know how to balance that. Which is why, even when I am single, even when I do have single moments, I still play the field. Right. I still play the field, even if I'm not sexually active. I still get my number out. I still date. I still entertain. I still know how to pick up the habit of being flirtatious because even in my singleness, you know, you can get to a point where you too comfortable by yourself and you end up lonely. Okay. Why are you trying to be alone? And right. that's not something that you in, you know, nobody, I've been saying it, nobody wants to be 82 and look back in life and think, oh my gosh, my whole life I've never shared a real great experience with one person since I was 22 years old. Like, who wants to think like that? Right. So, yeah, like, in, being really single, the pandemic, it made a lot of women really single. But it also showed a lot of women some devilish relationships that they needed to get out of. Okay. I mean, I feel like uh, the whole... Like, I feel like, um, like every, like, I think single people is, are a community and also married people, um, are also a community. But my thing is, married people are not really hoping, like, because I'm thinking married people will try to get people, get single people married, you know? Why would they, though? Huh? Why would they? I mean, they would be like, hey, it's fun, you know, we got to make kids, you go on vacation, you share moments and stuff like that. And what I'm just seeing, I'm seeing like single people and the single community are making married people single. Like they have so much of an effect on married people that they end up destroying marriages and that's not true. Huh? I, I will not agree to that because you don't think I, single I think single people are doing that. Nope. You and I'm gonna tell so? you why. Nope. Okay, okay, why? 
and I'm going to tell you why. Um, actually, conversation that I just had earlier today, um, I was speaking with a person, and um, they were married. Okay. And basically, you know, here's the thing about a married couple. They are identical to being married is identical to you having friends in college and you guys not talking all the time. That's how being married is to being single. Your life has started to be prioritized around something else. So the minute that you get a glimpse of the other side, it looks like it's more promising. A lot of married people forget what it's like to be single. A lot of married people lose their identity in their relationship. And a lot of people get married for the wrong reasons. Bottom line. So now we're in a day and time where people have options. People are like, I know if I slide back in this person's DMs, regardless if I'm married or not, they may be willing to take the risk. All they need to do is hear my side of the story. All I got to do is convince them enough. And they're going to do it if they know I'm married or not. And so it's not married people responsibility or obligation to coach single people into getting married because they have their own priority. If a single person decides that they want to get married, single person only has to worry about themselves. So a single person needs to be trying to figure out and learn what it is going to take to put them in that position because the playing field is already set. To me, it's it's just like a a major corporation and a small business. So the small business wants to know how to get to being that major corporation. And the only way that they can do that is to study that major corporation. Do you think Walmart is sitting around asking some mom and pop shop what it takes to keep people in business? No. And married, married people, they're doing what married people do. They're living the real reality. We right. sit on the timeline. We talk about paying bills and splitting bills and things like that. And married people are just like, you guys have no idea. Because right. the real reality of it, coming from a person who has been in a household with a married couple, my parents are currently still married, coming from a person who have seen several marriages in my family unit. The real reality of marriage is whenever one person is not doing as well as the other, that's who the biggest financially obligation goes to. Period. Bottom line. Because you're in it together. Right. It's not when when you, you're married, it's not, oh my gosh, um, this is my stuff by itself. No, that's not what it says. Even if your name is Williams and your wife's name is Smith, if you file your taxes, they're going to ask you, are you married? Are you single? If me and you both live in an apartment together and we both sign our names on a lease, but the light bill comes in my name and the water bill comes in your name, the light bill is mine. The water bill is yours, but we're both obligated to the rent. But if we're married and we sign our name to a lease and the light bill mine and the water bill yours, all them bills still belong to both of us. Okay. So it's a different dynamic. Like, you know, 
when you enter into a marriage with somebody is a contractual obligation at that point a lot of people a lot of people have started to say oh okay marriage doesn't mean the thing is just paperwork it's just for taxes it's just for business purposes no you family now you the next point of contact not your girlfriend not your girlfriend because guess what if you have an accident and you on life support they're not going to call your girlfriend to the doctor they're going to tell her oh ma'am family only Next point of contact. Is it your mother? Is it your father? Is it your sibling? Who's the next point of contact? But if you're married, it immediately is your spouse. Right. So, no, it's not married people's obligation, but a lot of people have started to get married for the wedding and not the actual marriage. A lot of people are married and they don't know what it actually takes to work a marriage. It's not, we had an argument, this one was really bad, I got up and I walked out because even if you decided to separate, you got to legally do it. We don't care because you live one side of the country. Your wife lives on another. You're not separated because you didn't come and file the documentation to say you were separated. So everything that you got is still together. You guys will still be doing this together. And whatever the case may be, if something happens to her, you're going to be the point of contact. And if something happens to him, you're going to be the point of contact. That's how that works. Right. Okay, so is it like like the black woman's itch just to get that wedding that one day just to say, hey, I did it. Now I want to divorce my man the next day. Like, is it? No, I don't think it's that. I, 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 now I, I will say this I do think for a lot of black women. It still holds some type of accomplishment. Um, Now, I won't say black women are saying, I want to get married just to say I did it so I can divorce him. I don't think that's the end goal. I would never feel like that's the end goal. Um, (laughs) It kind of seems like it. (laughs) No, 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 because you got to realize I seen it on the timeline day before yesterday, and exactly what was said was, it was a guy talking to two other men, and he said, if this marriage does not fail, it's your fault. And he stated, first and foremost, if she ends up unhappy, you asked to marry her, so you were supposed to do what it takes to make her happy. If she come, turns out to be a bitch, Either you knew she was a bitch before you married her and you still married her, or you ended up making her a bitch. So either way, it's your fault the marriage failed. And I've never heard something so so accurate in my life because of the fact that men ask. You pick. You choose your wife. It's never been a secret. Women marry who they can. Men marry who they want. So when marriages fail, and this is not to skate away from accountability with women because women do things. Women cheat. Women are abusive. Women run through finances. We we do things too. But all in all, it is to say, listen, you saw what was happening and you kind of knew what you was getting yourself into. Now, if she changed over time, you should have been aware of that because this is your relationship. So a lot of black women from my point of view from my understanding from the things that I have seen when they're with a man they try to do whatever they can to make it work and um one of the one of the other things that I noticed on the flip side was a lot of black girls are taught to 
be nurturing and coerce and try to early on enable men. So I don't ever see a black woman saying to herself, I want to get married and then we can get divorced the next day so it can happen. What I see happening is a lot of black women go into a marriage and get married to a person that they knew was not supposed to be marrying them. However, they had invested so much time to the point where they wanted to get the end result. And that was the ring. But once they got the ring, they were more miserable than they were before they got married. Okay. So what's your point of view on Drake? Like, smash a girl that was engaged for eight years. Uh, Old buddy got, got upset about it. I guess she... Did a little song for the dude, but like, what's your point of view? That's not Drake's fault. That's not Drake's fault. Okay. Um, first and foremost, if you ever find yourself engaged to somebody for eight years, man or woman, and it's no push to complete that, then I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I agree. That with that's that's a time frame where people are married. Um, he engaged to he 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 proposed to her, so at some point in time. The obligation was there, but if it's been eight years and it's just an engagement, then it's obviously not as important to one of the parties. Either it was done during the height of their, you know, relationship where they both did really want that, or it was a coercion. Somebody wanted it, the other party didn't. Somebody said yes when, you know, they should have said no, because that's the only way that I can see that, you know, it's one of those two things, either when they first got engaged, it was a good relationship and then long, a long ways down the line, it just didn't become as important anymore or it was just one of those things where one of the other people weren't on board. But that's not Drake's obligation to not entice somebody who he's interested in or somebody who's interested in him. That's not his obligation to their relationship. That's hers. It's never the outside person's responsibility to feel some type of empathy towards your relationship, which is why a lot of women get mad at me when I tell them, I don't care about fucking your man. And they be like, what do you mean? Why would you say that you're a woman? Yeah, so like, no, that's not my responsibility or my obligation to care about your relationship. If me and you both sitting at the table and I done had a piece of cake already, and you haven't, but it's my favorite piece of cake. Do you think I care about you? It's mine. It's my favorite. You just want a piece. So, okay. you know, my thing is, it's like, when you decide to be in a relationship, which is why people need to be honest about the type of relationship that they want. Do you want a monogamous relationship, or do you want a polyamorous relationship, or do you want an open relationship? So once you have established that with your partner, if they on the same page, then whatever you agree to is what you need to stick to because people can be sued for verbal contracts. Yeah. You can be sued for a verbal contract and you got three years to decide to finish that obligation. So with that being said, if they were engaged, I mean, she had under law legal ties to him. After seven years, coming law marriage, that 
enforces. Common law marriage means, you know, after y'all been together seven years, you lived in the house seven years, the law sees you as married. They were engaged for eight. So you outbeat the common law marriage. You beat the actual law. So she owed him that obligation. Now, Drake is a single man. Right. If, you know, somebody propositioned him, he don't owe that man no type of, you know, excuse to say, well, I know you got a relationship, so I need to care about your relationship. She don't care. Why would he? That's not his obligation. She knew she was in a relationship. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like People be wanting to guilt the outside party for their partner's mishaps. That outside party is working in their own interest. And your partner should have been working in the interest of the both of you. And because that outside interest was able to infiltrate that, that they only could have gotten in if somebody gave them the opening. Mm-hmm. And, and people like to think about, you know, cheating and things like that. Like, it, it, when they say you broke up a happy home or, you know, you're a homewrecker. They like to think about it like you a burglar and you opened the window and came in through the back door. No, no, that's not how that happened. The front door was open. I did not have to knock. I did not have to ring. They knew I was coming or they saw me in the neighborhood or flagged me down. It was one of the two. They opened the door. Nobody was robbing your home. Nobody burglarized your home. I was let in. So any type of happiness or peace or whatever you think I stole in to play a part in your happiness, I don't owe you that. I didn't do that. I never told you I would be with you. I never told you I would sleep with you. I never told you that I, I'm not, you're not my priority. Your happiness is not my priority because right. honestly, you know, if your partner was actually dedicated to this, relationship two things would have happened either you would have never found out or it would have never happened to begin with yeah so what about a pretty privilege oh it's real yeah (laughs) it's real it's definitely real have you Um, gotten any of that oh yeah oh really yeah Job, oh. job wise. Oh no, no, no. I don't um, even allow myself to play into pretty privilege for a job. And oh. most of the time, my um, my personality is too forthcoming for people to. Um, by the time I open my mouth, <laughs> it, 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 my beauty is not the thing in question. Okay. That that that's not the thing in question anymore. Um, you know, most of the time people are trying to figure me out. But as far as pretty privilege, yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing so much to the point where I didn't skip line in the club or been in sections, and it is it's it. People have done things like came up and paid for my gas, or that that pretty privilege is real. Okay, so you had a piece pieces here and there. 
I mean, it. It's not something <laughs> that people talk about, which it's just not like people treat attractive people differently, mm-hmm. which is why everybody wants to feel attracted and. Um, I don't know if you saw it the other day, but I was, you know, saying that, you know, there are people who like skinny people, there are people who like fat people. But the thing about it is, is everybody's not trying to be attracted to the people that like them. They're trying to make themselves universally attractive. Okay. And when you think about it in that element, look at cosmetic surgery that is happening. Not just yeah. women are getting it, men getting it too. Drake when he got abs, uh, Funkmaster Flex when he got lipo, um, DJ Khaled he just started losing weight. Rick Ross lost weight. Um, Kevin yeah. Hart in the gym, you know, it's it's like pretty privilege or being attractive is something that everybody aspires in a sense to the point where if people have the money, they go take and make the modifications. So yeah. it's just not talked about. And it doesn't have to be discussed because we see it. You see it. You know what happens when somebody walks into an arena or a room and they look a certain way. People give them their attention. Or, you know, when you think about how music came about, what were they doing? They were trying to find people who were attractive. And they were trying to market you know, men in music has always been known to be marketed as bachelors, even if they had whole relationships. For the longest period of time, nobody even knew LL Cool J had a wife because his whole appearance was about being a sex symbol. So his music would sell to women or even D'Angelo. You know, he initially intentionally gained weight so that women wouldn't be as forthcoming with him. Because he was so attractive. So we know it's real. Um, but, you know, with anything that you get easy, always be cautious of it. Because it it's never nothing free. True. Um, so what's, like, as uh, far as, like, we hear, like, Bill Gates uh, and Melinda Gates' marriage, uh, we found out later that um, he had the option out there. Nobody knows. So, like, what's the difference between, like, a high-value man like Bill and a Drake? Both of them are high-value men. Oh. Well, I don't think... They're they're different tax brackets, but um, Drake, let's be honest, Drake, if if Nicki Minaj is one of the highest-paid female rappers the last time I clocked I, I'm not sure what she's worth now the last time I clocked she was worth 40 million and she owned majority of her her money um she owned her own you know masters and things like well not her masters because Wayne sold Nikki and Drake's masters but she owned majority of her if not all her catalog so with that being said if she was worth 40 million Drake has put out more hits consistently for the last 10 years. He has always put out something. He's ha- he ha- he's had a series of number ones. Um, he's acted since forever. I used to watch Degrassi. So 
I know he is high value, even if he doesn't himself say so. Even if the numbers are not there for us to see, he's not Bill Gates, but it's a reason why he is Drake. So I still consider him high value. Also, he's a Scorpio man. They're extremely well versed with money. And his mother was a, a school teacher. If don't nobody else know how to budget, they know how to budget. But um, I get what you're saying. Like, they're not two people of the same status. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be honest. I feel like money gives people the leverage to do what they really want to do. Yeah. I feel like when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to uh, making certain purchases or being able to do certain things, once it gets down to the bottom dollar and you've reached a certain point, your level of I don't care or the money allows you certain exposure to certain things. Okay. So when you talk about Bill Gates and his wife, ex-wife, soon-to-be, two things is important here. Not only is it money, but it's culture. And they're in a different area. They're in a different realm. It was normal for, in Bill Gates' realm, for a man of his stature to be a family man on the, you know, outside looking in. But it was also normal for those men to have other situations going on on the side for however long amount of time. Cheating has always been a rich man's game. Okay. If you can't take care of two households, you ain't got no business being out of one of them. So with that being said, you know, men have always been the sole providers. This is the era that Bill Gates come from. Men are the providers. We go to work. If your wife works, it's either because she wants to or, you know, something happened to you that forced her to, but it's never been a question of men working. Men are going to go to work in the Bill Gates era. And so with his wife working, that's a choice. You know, if she decided to stay home, that's a choice. And regardless if they had Bill Gates money or not, their culture would allow them to do certain things. Um, Also, too, a lot of kinks and fetishes are bought up that a lot of people are not aware of. Um, I just don't believe that when men reach a certain level amount of money, that women are not, especially when they like the lifestyle, that they're not willing to compromise for certain things. If you're going to be in this lifestyle and you know who the breadwinner is, you know where your bread and butter come from. You, you, what are you going to do? And that's what Kevin Gate, Kevin Samuels talks about. He don't deliver it that way, but that's, that's how it, it, it is. If right. I'm doing this, then what are you going to do? If I say this is what I want, but you like the lifestyle that comes with being with me, what are you going to do? Are you going to leave the lifestyle or are you going to conform to what I want? Because once you walk away from this, you know the next woman that I get, she's going to give it to me. And you're cushioned. You are cushioned. You're comfortable. And you ride my back on my ability to create wealth. So, in the same essence, Drake is the same way. In the event that you know you have a, a, a man who 
can kind of, I'm not going to say kind of, in the event you know you have a man that does not need you. You're solely around because he wants you around. Right. Are you ready to play ball? Exactly. And it's just that simple. But when you talk about culture things, um, Drake, in my point of view, he's a very broken man that hasn't, and this is not even, you know, like um, I'm just speaking from his personal business, just looking at how he's navigated with women that's been brought up in the media, listening to his music. Drake is a chatty patty. He's always name dropping women he slept with. Somehow, some way, for some strange reason, he is always um, affiliated with a woman he slept with. It's always something in regards to a woman he slept with, you know. It's never these women leaking the information. It's never these women saying, I slept with Drake. Drake. It's always Drake saying, yeah, and it was Selena out. And, you know, it was always a woman that he's talking about in his music. <laughs> and women come out and confirm it. Like he was talking about he dated SZA in 08 in uh, 2018 or whatever the case may be. So it's like, this comes out with Drake all the time. Drake deals with a multitude of women. Drake even, you know, paid for uh, Lyra Galore and um, I think it was Laura Mercier to stop stripping. Like, he paid them off to completely leave the strip world entirely. And I could be wrong, but I want to say at some point in time, he was sleeping with both of them women. They were having, like, a little triangle. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's how they came about. Like, they were all, you know, in, you know, they, it was an entanglement together. But he has a father that is a black man that wasn't around growing up with him, even though his mother is white. He's Canadian. He, his You're dad right. is from Memphis and his mother is from Canada. And the way that he patterns his behaviors and things like that, it is, it's with his black heritage. You can, assessed by how he behaves himself he behaves himself like a nigga from the hood who come from a broken home right so with him culturally like I said money allows you to experience certain things that you never experienced before and I don't know nothing more exciting or enticing to a young black man than having multiple women at multiple times with money to go along to buy them off when you need to. Um, the most thing that black men in the community, you know, a, a regular average day black man, Joe, like the most thing that y'all get excited for sexually is having two to three women together in the bed at one time. And mm-hmm. so if when you talk about like Melidia and Melinda and Bill him saying that he wanted to have something on the side her giving him a hall pass to go be with somebody else in that sense it's to buy him time away from his marital obligations to just explore something different in Drake's case it is always to fulfill a sexual fantasy of his you get where I'm coming from? Like, culturally, yeah. it's different. Like, for right. white people in that particular situation, when you talk about money, Bill being with one woman on a vacation, that's him basically 
I'm going to the beach with the sand because he knows it doesn't matter if I know this woman where I'm at or if I go and pick up another woman. I'm going to pay her off. I don't want anything to do with her. She's just going to be here for a good time. I'm going to fulfill myself however I need to enjoy her company. If I don't like it, I can get rid of her. It won't be much of a big deal because I'm going to give her exactly what she needs to go away. And also, I'm going to go back home to my family. Everything is going to be good. If me and my wife have been arguing, by this time, I will have realized what I got at home. I will go back to it. We will be okay. It's literally that type of situation. Like, I just need a refresher of what I got at home. In Drake's situation, it's like, I can have another one of you who's going to do exactly what I wanted to do. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. no com- it's no commitment, it's no long-term situation. It's a listen bitch, I'm rich. And the minute that you don't do what I want you to do, guess what? I'm going to go get another one of you. I'm going to get yeah. somebody to look exactly like you. She's going to be as nasty as I wanted to, and whether or not she's black, brown, white, dark, it doesn't it doesn't matter. I'm going to go get it. And she's going to sleep with whoever I want her to sleep with. And if I want to get her drunk, she's going to get drunk. If I want to take her out to kick it, if I want to take her on a private airplane flight, or it it doesn't matter, she's going to do it. So what you going to do? Because once I'm done with this, I'm done with this. It won't be no redemption. Right, like <laughs> you know, and in in Bill Gates' situation, you can kind of see, you know, there potentially is a pattern with um, them picking up one woman on the side and him having a steady relationship with her because work life balance won't allow them too much ex- exponential play without it being messy, and they understand this can affect my business this can affect my money this looks bad for me to have a marriage have a family embarrass my family embarrass my wife this affects my money I can never let this not be in my control because if I can't control my life people are not going to trust me with their money so they're going to stop my money I cannot have that so him having a steady girlfriend on the side that that's the norm yeah man I mean, when it comes to, like, modern women, too, like, I feel like, like, at first, I thought women, when it comes to, like, the IG models, I thought they, and trying to get with these athletes and rappers and, uh, like, I thought they was trying to get, knowing that these men got girlfriends or wives already, it's like, uh, y'all really think these dudes gonna leave their girl for you, and then as time move on, I think they trying to be the side piece, and I don't think they know how to be a side piece. No, so. um, it wasn't <laughs> what it was. Is you can see it with Tristan Thompson, we can see right. it with Future. What it was was it wasn't just being a side piece. They realized being a side piece wasn't lucrative for a certain amount of time. Like right. I was saying with Drake. I got to have this baby. How am I going to keep this going? How am I going to reap the benefits of this lifestyle? If I have this baby, then at some point, even if he don't want to deal with me, he got to deal with me for the money. 
I need to have the money. What's right. the baby? You know, if I'm already working at a strip club or I'm trying to make it being a model or I'm trying to do this, do this, do this, I've attached myself to him. So whatever connections he got, automatically I get them. Right. Even if I'm not his wife, I get them. I'm his baby mama. What's going to happen is I show up to the club. It's a long line. People are going to notice me. You know why? Because now all of a sudden I'm telling the internet, oh yeah, I'm such and such baby mama. Yeah. And then somebody's <laughs> going to find me out. They're going to see me. They're going to see me in my designer from head to toe. They're going to see me in my nice lace. They're going to see me in my Dolce & Cabana and my Louis Vuitton. They're going to see me in my Fenty. Fendi. They're going to see me like, and they're going to want to put me in the spotlight because they feel like I got some type of notoriety because I am celebrity adjacent. Right. And that's what it went to. It it <laughs> it it got more, it got deeper than oh, she just a side bitch, or they was just fucking. Because it's like after we break up, so who cares? You're not gonna get into no NBA game. I'm not sleeping with you no more. You're not gonna get into the uh, in the BMAs. I'm not sleeping with you no more. People seeing you, but I told them to take you off the list. Now it's oh, him and his baby mama in the same spot and his baby mama went from dating him to dating this other dude and they got a song together and it, it's that type of situation because yeah. they they understand I don't have to pick play ball. I'm going to do, do one better. If he don't like how I'm rolling, I'm going to just have a baby. And then once I had a baby, yeah, I'm his baby mama. But then now what? I'm, I go with an NFL player. I, I don't, yeah, I got a baby by a rapper, but I also go with a basketball player. So now guess what? I can be on basketball wise or I can be on love and hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole another different ball game, like when you talk about culture, because Yeah. We look we move reckless. They don't move like that, you know. Um I know. Like Bill Gates. They, they don't move like that. Like right. even um Mark Zuckerberg. No, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Amazon. With his with his divorce from his wife. Yeah. There was never a question of another woman coming up. Right. They know how to keep those things intact. Right. Also, too, because guess what? Those men have fetishes. They have other things that they do behind closed doors that they understand this is my privacy. If it gets leaked, it could lose a lot of money for me. For instance, no too. But the wives already aren't aware. Yeah, do you honestly do you honestly think um when Gabrielle Union started pegging um Dwayne Wade, it was one of those things that she just turned him on to? Mm, yeah, I don't. You, you don't think so? You think Absolutely that's what not. People to do? Listen, <laughs> when you get a man to a certain, first and foremost, when you get a man who's married and he's been in the NBA, they got exposure to groupies every night. When their wives start having babies, the most that they can do is be at a game. But once that game ends, 
they got to go home to be with the kids. Somebody has to be with the kids, right? Right. So if I know your game is going to be four hours long, we got a three-month-old, we got a two-year-old, and we got a five-year-old. <laughs> you finna go, you got you to gotta contractual obligation. They got to go tune in to their, their coaching. They're expected to be somewhere sometime if they're not done with, you know, traveling or whatever the case may be. But when they go wherever they're going, if they're trying to go kick it, if they just want a game or whatever the case may be, they're going to go kick it. If they're not spending family time and they're at home, they fucking. It's not no secret. Like, them men are fucking and they are fucking and the women that are on these shows have put it out there. The women that's on the internet has said it. I'm sleeping with him. I'm sleeping with him. He was doing this for me. He was doing that for me. Every time he comes to the city, we link it. I know his schedule. I got his roster. And so when they having sex like that, because mind you, if you got a, a wife who just had a fresh baby that's three months and then the other baby two years old, more than likely, especially if you spend a lot of time gone, she's experiencing postpartum de- depression. She, her body's changing. She's stressed out. She's tired. Even if she is not working, she's still being a homemaker. Even if the kids are going to school, even if you got a nanny, she's still experiencing the changes of separation anxiety from her spouse. She's not, she's not in a relationship how she would be if she was with a, a blue collar individual. Right. Her lifestyle is different. So for him to have that type of ability to go public with it, it made sense for him to go public with it with a woman who had just as much or more notoriety than him for him to have some regular ass groupie say it. Because look how Bobby Valentino turned out. Bobby Valentino has not bounced back since being caught with a tranny. Yeah. But had it been Amaya Scott, it would have been a different situation. Had it been Sydney Starr, it would have been a different situation. Um, you know, when you talk about like infidelity and things like that, it it's hard to bounce back from those things when fetishes are involved. Look at Trey Songs. What did he do when he started to um get all the backlash about him peeing on women and you know about him um you know having rough and just hardcore sex? He started to pander for Black Lives Matter. He had to rebrand and revent. He had to put himself in a position to where the public would accept him because of the fact that, okay, these women are saying things about me and my sexual kinks and my what I like to do in the bedroom. They talking a lot. They talking too much. They telling that I smoke coke. And, you know, like, that's hard to come back from because it's not about the public. Your supporters are going to be your supporters. It's always people you haven't reached yet. It's about whose money you fucking up. Yeah. And if you cannot keep this in control, how can I trust you with my money? Because you're going to lose me money. You are your brand. You are your image. Once you become a household name, it doesn't matter if you do well or not. Your name is your leverage. That's your notoriety. Right. So that's just how I look at it. Like, you know, 
Bill Gates, Drake, those are two different entities of men, even though they do have both, they both have wealth. But the way that they handle being with women is a totally different ball game. Bill Gates yeah. is a much more traditional set man. Drake is not. He's a whore. <laughs> man. Like, wow. Yeah. And, um, man, like, so are you dating now? Or? Absolutely. Okay, okay. You don't have any kids, do you? I do not. Okay. Snap. I do um, not. Yeah. Like, so, like, um, yeah, I'm glad I don't got no kids. Which, uh, like, for real, like, and, like, when people, when I said people, like, when I, 30 black man that had no kids, people be staring at me like, what's wrong with you? Like, nothing. <laughs> what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> um, I'll be honest. Um, a couple of days ago, I was having a conversation with the person and I was just like, you know what? I was telling my best friend, I'm so happy after a certain age, I really wasn't a teen parent because now looking at parenting, man, it's a whole nother difference. Ball yeah. Game. Like, yeah. It's a whole other different avenue. And to think about it, like, if this is something that I did as a kid in high school, my best friend, she has a son and she had her, um, she got pregnant when we was 18. She had him. No, I'm sorry. She got pregnant when she was 19. She had him at 20. She says she does not remember life without her son. I never want to be in that position. To wow. where it's like, I don't remember what my life was like before I had kids. And right. she don't feel like it's a bad thing, but it's like, man, it really is because majority of the memories that you made that were significant to you, you were a parent. Right. You had an obligation that was bigger than you. Like, you got somebody that was dependent on you in some form, some shape, some fashion to you know, return back to them. And in every situation that I've made an accomplishment in, it won't be my child was with me when this happened. It will be me having stories to tell them. And a lot of people have missed that because, like, now everybody is young. And I don't even know if you saw it, but the other day, it was a um, girl on the timeline that was saying that her auntie or no, her sister or whatever the case may be, had a friend of hers or something had just found out she was going to be a grandmother at 30, 37. And I'm like, that must have meant she was a teen mom. Right. And it's like, that's nothing for you to get mad at because you yourself was a teen person. A teen mom, like, you, you set the pace. You set that, you set that up. Right. Um, now, this probably my last question would be knowing that, like, do you think black women are getting their needs met, such as validation, money, and a house over over their head? And then, if it is, 
do they really care about the black community thriving or if it fails, do they care? Ooh. Are black women getting their needs met? No. They're not. You don't think no. so? No. Are and um are they as far as do we care about the community thriving? No. I will say no to both of those questions. Um and I'm gonna use myself as an example as to why. So first and foremost, black women getting their needs met. We are the ones who are not married, most single parents demographic and the most unmarried. Okay. Bottom line. So with that being said, no, we're not getting our needs met because we don't have anyone to meet them. Okay. If it's not done by us, it's not getting done. Period. Okay. Point blank. Bottom line. And community-wise, no, because I I don't know what your following is on your podcast, but I'm gonna say it. So, as far as black women have been the most thoroughbred, forefront supporters of all things against us. And whether we like it or not, homosexual men are against us. We do use them as an (laughs) aesthetic. We do. We use them as an aesthetic. But that aesthetic came from us. It's nothing in vocabulary. It's nothing in behavior that homosexual men have done organically or authentic. It came from us. It's not yours. It came from us. So with that being said, it's like black women say they support it until it it's at the expense of them. And what I mean by that is if a man is rejecting us or if a man says something we don't like, the first thing that we do is label them and we target and trigger their sexuality as a weapon. So even if a man is homosexual and I go to tell him like, you know, he does something I don't like or he says something I don't like and I go to say something like, that's that's why you are F word, you know what? And that's like you are attacking him. Or if it was a heterosexual man and I'm interested in him and he rejects me and I'm, that's why you gay. You know, it's like you are attacking <laughs> him. So if we were really for uplifting and building the community, no, certain things like that would not be happening. Also, too, another thing in regards to that is um, a lot of women have a baby to prove a point. And it's in now being a single mother has become an honorary badge. I personally do not feel like that's something to be proud of. Right. And that's from me having aunties as single mothers, having um, cousins as single mothers. I have a best friend who's a single mother. That's not no code of honor. Yes, you do the damn thing. You do what you're supposed to do. You ride for yours. You make sure you stay there and you stick it out and you take care of your kids and you support right. your kids and you grind and you get on your shit. But we made it so okay to the point where the black community is a matriarchal society. That's why when men speak, that's why when men are saying things, it's, it feels foreign. It's rejected because women run the community. It's a breakdown in the community because 
what happens when two women don't get along arguing bickering and fighting and that's what you see in the black community it's no unity when men need help they go out their way to help each other when men need help it's I'm gonna go do this for my homeboy real fast I don't want to do it but I'm gonna do it when women need help we'll find a way to get out of it if it's not somebody that we genuinely like like We'll we'll have somebody around us and the the relationship is because she's a good time, but we really don't like them as a person. So of course we tend to do things like that, you know, like on some spiteful things. So the whole thing with the woman having the kids, the, the three boys twerking on the timeline, and the like that's not okay. And as and it has nothing to do with you trying to accept your child's sexuality, but never in my life have I seen a black household with a house full of LGBTQ kids. Yeah. It's never happened. And we're not going to sit here and try to make it seem like you're supporting that. No, you're trying to push and coerce something else to compensate for this. Like, I don't want my, my kids to be like this or this, that, and the third. At at a certain age, kids should not be talking about sexuality, even if they know what it is. Like, that should not be the forefront of kids' minds, their sexuality. So, right. as a parent, why would you push it? Right. Nobody's can't, I, no five year old is coming to you saying, Mom, I'm gay. Mom, I'm straight. So, right. no, I don't believe that black women are trying to encourage positivity in the black community because even when we talk about and speak about how we take care of our business it's always an I tense it's never a we or I'm doing this for this no it's I did this and I'm the one who did this and I got my own business I got my own degree as if we're fighting against each other if you know the community was really about supporting more things positively when it comes to black women. Just like earlier, I meant what I said. I want to see more black women pushing more positive. Black women against each other do not push heterosexual relationships in any positive manner unless marriage is backed by it or an engagement. If it's not a commitment, it's not pushed. And even then, it's mumble, it's hating by it. But lesbian relationships, um, transsexual relationships, um, gay relationships, they be all for it. Right. Why is that? Why is that? <laughs> and also, too, another thing Black women don't do to help push the community, like I said, when you talk about business owners, entrepreneurs, we are the biggest business owners. Black people don't hire, Black women don't hire within their community. They keep their business at a certain extent to make sure that they're reaping the full benefit. It's rare you see other black women put other people on payroll. You know what they do? Gatekeep and start teaching classes and charging people for certain information that right. they sat online and had the time to research. They don't go give it out. They don't go give it out. So that is my answer. And I'm very firm in that. No, us as black women are not pushing for community prosper prosperity. We're not. We're not. And I don't wow. see it us pushing for community prosperity because anytime another child becomes a teen mom 
anytime another child becomes another woman becomes a single mom, she's embraced whole, wholeheartedly as if, listen, we're going to rock this thing out. You're going to make it. It's, it's like a, a great thing. But the minute that you got a woman who really trying to build it from the ground up organically and want that family structure, it's everybody don't desire marriage. Everybody don't have to do this. And, it, and it's like, that's okay if you don't like it. But why would you tear me down to say that? Right. And the thing is, this is like a post like uh, from, I don't know if you know her on Twitter. Her name is Erica Lachey. No, she doesn't okay. ring a bell. Yeah, but um, she said on Twitter, like, folks really out here saying the nuclear family is rooted in white supremacy. Right. If, if the nuclear family isn't a bi- biological design. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Literally. And um, <laughs> this is why I hate when black people fight against it because it's like they're so pro it's the white man when it comes to the bible but my thing is why would they how would they create something when they didn't want us to read right they didn't want us to read that right they didn't want us to read period so how would how could they create something they didn't want us to read you're so pro the white man when it comes to the bible but you don't see that white people thrive off of keeping their family unit together. Exactly. That's the main thing something somebody says when it comes down to support. White people don't treat theirs like this. They make sure they cover their own. They got their own. Well, guess what? You could, too, if you stop feeling like not having a nuclear family was the end-all, <laughs> be-all. Right. Like, you can't, and this is what I'm finding, and Kevin Samuels is not wrong when he say this. You can't sit here and go and create a ready-made family, men and women, somewhere else. And then you automatically go find the love of your life, and they're supposed to take in all this extra damn baggage. Right. Because, I'm going to tell you something, if me and a man is together, and he come with another child that I don't I don't know his mother I, I don't know that child mother I don't know where that child came from and nothing like that that's no different than me taking in a damn orphan okay it's not I right. don't know what that child gonna do I don't know what that child gonna say they don't receive nobody receives a step parent well right especially when they have the knowledge of it's different when you little and kids can grow into it but when kids have their own cognitive, you talking about an eight-year-old that's used to their parents being dealing together or however the case may be. They used to daddy coming over, staying the night here and there. They used to that. And now they see daddy moving in with a whole nother woman. They don't receive that type of change well. And that has become the norm. Well, right. me and my baby mama finna stop playing and we done with each other for real. I'm finna move on. Then you, not only am I bickering with her, I got to react differently to this child I don't know what this child is being fed mentally coming from that other home this is like taking in an orphan I don't know what this child is going to do or how they're going to react and I say an orphan because if you take in you know no that's that's not the the right word not orphan an adopted child it's like taking in an adopted child so if you take in an adopted child you don't know where that child came from how they're going to react and what they're going to do 
all I know is this man. And men tend to not tell the full story when they come with kids. They right. tend to hide and, 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 and it's for the right reasons sometimes, but sometimes it's for their own advantage because they know if they lay it on thick, it's going to run a woman away. And I shouldn't, have, like I said, I shouldn't have said orphan, I meant adopted child. But right. it's like taking in an adopted child right. because we're going to see things in that child that that, that dad is not going to see. Men right. don't pay as much attention to children that women do. Okay. Y'all don't, you know, it, it's okay. just, and I can say that because my dad, he was in the house with us majority of the time. My dad barely knows how old I am. He knows my birthday, but my mom knows my birthday and knows how old I am. And he stayed at home. He was literally like a stay at home dad. So it like, I don't like the fact that we now support everything against the nuclear family. But when you talk about white people, they thrive off of the nuclear family. Right. They thrive off a of community. You're not going to get community until you get nuclear families back in place. You can't keep having multiple broken homes and feel like you're going to okay the system and it's going to be um, some magical fix because you're doing it your way and it's a societal norm now. It's not okay. And right. it's not ever going to be okay because all it does is makes us more destructive. These children are being brought into situations that were already broken before they got in the picture. Wow. Well, thank you for this podcast, ma'am. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Uh, we definitely got to do another one. Eventually. Oh, yeah. Boom. <laughs> so where can people find you? How they can follow you? Where are your social medias? Oh, first and foremost, on my Twitter, because I am everything on my Twitter. Yeah, underscore, yeah you are. <laughs> <laughs> underscore Paradise Paris. It sounds exactly how it's spelled. P-A-R-A-D-I-S-E-P-A-R-I-S. On my Instagram, I am Paradise Paris, straight across. On my YouTube, just landed in Paris. Just like that. Just landed in Paris. But if you find one social, it will link you to all the rest of the socials. So that's how you can find me. That's where I'm at. And I am game for collaborations. I am game for pushing black businesses and black brands. Every YouTube video that I drop, I try to make it my business to mention a black brand. So yeah, join join me on that flight and let's take a trip. Go land in Paris. Make sure you follow me on my Twitter because it's always going to be a topic of conversation. And on my Instagram, I'm still active on that page, but you know, you get more of my personality on Twitter and you get more of my personality on my YouTube. So that's where you can find me. All right, guys. Um, Until next time, guys, be amazing. And thank you, Paris. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You have a great evening. Yeah, tell Fallon to hit hit me up. (laughs) I sure will. I sure will. All right. Peace. Bye-bye.